Zorba Pastor on Your Health is pre-recorded. From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on Your Health. I'm Carl Christensen, and I'm here with family doc, Zorba Pastor. We'll spend the next hour with you in our virtual doctor's office. Although, Zorba, we're missing those little color-coded flag things yeah, that the they flags. put. That's what, right. Do the they flags. still use those things? Of course. Of they course. do? They Above tell you which way to go, okay. whether or not you're going into the room or the bathroom. Ah, that's, <laughs> that's all you need to know about that. Yeah, you do. We, don't do. we do not see patients in our bathroom, so the color things are really <laughs> It important. seems like a good thing. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk healthy living. We'll walk through a healthy recipe. We'll mm-hmm. get to some of your phone calls and emails and a few voicemails as well. If you have a question for the good doc, the number to call anytime is 800-462-7413. And along with those calls, we'll discuss a few healthy living topics, Zorba. Yeah, why does it take so long to schedule a doctor's appointment? Do you have the answer? I hope you do. Oh, I, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure a lot of people are frustrated with <laughs> Well, this. I'll tell you why I think it's happening <laughs> in some of the research. And then we're going to talk about screen time, delayed in development in babies, and where screen time really should fit into your plan as a parent, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. And this is not a small issue. This is a big issue. All right. And what is our special recipe today? Heirloom tomato salad. Mm. I love tomatoes any time of year. And this heirloom tomato salad is something you are going to want to make at home, maybe even tonight. All right. To the phones we go at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Our first caller today joins us from Georgetown, Massachusetts. Hi. Hi. Dr. Dorber, thank you for taking my call. Oh, you um, are, you are most welcome. to you for years. When my husband and I lived in Wisconsin, every Saturday morning we enjoyed hearing you and Tom. We recently moved out to um, New England and now um, listen to the podcast version of your show, and it works really well. My question to you is, um, with our new location we just recently moved, we had to get new doctors, and one of them was a dermatologist for that annual skin check that you get. Mm-hmm. And um, she discovered through a shave biopsy that I had actinic keratosis. Uh-huh, and okay. something okay. that is like a precancerous lesion, and it says in her letter to me um, that if it's left untreated, it can progress to squamous cell carcinoma. Mm-hmm. But I think mine is in an early stage, so she said that we're going to go the treatment plan of waiting six months, rechecking the skin again, and then seeing where we go from there. And I have confidence in this doctor. I really felt good at her appointment and Super. that type of thing. But I just wanted a second opinion from you on actinic keratosis, and I've never had experience with any skin oh, sure. cancer. Now, I have a question for you. So you say you went to the dermatologist for a yearly skin check. Do you have melanoma or skin cancer in your family? No, no, mm-hmm. I don't. No. When we lived in Wisconsin, I for probably eight years now, I just had that annual skin check appointment and nothing came up of it. Um, but this new um, appointment with this new doctor, she noticed a small rough patch, a pink patch right. on my mid nose. And mm-hmm. she did the shape biopsy then. And that's what the patch Got it. Got it. So a couple important points. I mean, first of all, you know, getting your skin check, you can do that with your, you know, your family doc, your internal medicine doc. I mean, just to let people know, you don't have to go to a dermatologist to get that because they're all trained in that. But, but if you're going to have something taken off your nose, off your face, you know, certain parts that we look at, having that done by somebody who really does that often and knows what they're doing, it's kind of important because you don't want to leave a scar. And doing, you know, doing essentially a shape biopsy was the right thing to do. Now, actinic keratosis, some of them progress into cancer. Most of them do not. I don't know what the percentage is. It's probably less than 5%. It may be less than 1%. On the other hand, the nose gets a lot of sun. So were you a sun worshiper when you were younger? Well, I was a lifeguard for years in life, ah, high school. Ah, years. ah. And, of course, use no sunscreen. Right. So you didn't, you, you, you didn't have one of those white nose lifeguarders? You know, you didn't have the, the zinc oxide on your nose? No, I, I did not. 
Well, you hit it right on the head because you were, obviously, you were a lifeguard. You were in the sun all the time. And, you know, back in the day, really, back in the day, we didn't think about sunscreen and how important it was with sunscreen. Carol, did you wear sunscreen when you were a kid? Not much. I went to, my parents took us to Mexico one or two times when we were young, and that was pretty much the only time they put sunscreen uh-huh. on So us, think about like. that. When you went to Mexico, <laughs> they put on sunscreen. Yeah. But 95% of your life in the sun, or 98%, you weren't in Mexico. Things have changed you know, Suns, you can do for sunscreen. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've got to talk about sunscreen sometimes and the different kinds. But getting back, getting back to this, the answer is yes. Your dermatologist is doing the right thing. You do a shade biopsy and you say, I want to watch this. And the reason is you don't want to have to do another shade biopsy. And if you do, if it comes back, then you get a procedure called a MOHS, M-O-H-S, which is actually named after a doctor who invented it at the University of Wisconsin years ago. And that's where they take off just the amount of skin that you need to on the nose and not too much. And so getting rechecked in that in six months, spot on, the right thing to do. And now you got to wear sunscreen. So do you wear sunscreen when you go out now? Oh, now I do. And I got the most awesome sun hat as well. So I'm just um, throwing vanity aside and wearing a hat with a, a big uh, chin strap to hold it on during the wind. Uh-huh. And I am taking um, the sun seriously now. You know, you know, it's very interesting what you say, throwing vanity aside. Right. You know, you're not a teenager anymore. So vanity changes as you get older, right? As you get older, there's vanity on one side and there's what I'm supposed to do on the other side. And then you become more adult. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for your call. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your um, expertise, and you just make our day when we listen to your show. We catch it now. Bye. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you very much. You too. Bye-bye. So there, really, when we look at sunscreen, there are two basic different kinds of sunscreen. There's sunscreen that basically is a barrier, zinc, Oxide is a good example. They're basically particles that reflect the sun away from your skin. They're safe to use. That's the sunscreen we basically use on babies and infants. And then there's the chemical sunscreen. That's completely different. And so which one you use is really a function of whether or not you're in the sun, whether or not you want a chemical on your skin, and so on. So it's really important. But the most important thing is she didn't use it when she was younger. You didn't use it when you were younger. (laughs) That's right. Time to buckle up. And if you're going to be in the sun a lot or even a little bit, sunscreen is the way to go the name of the game. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, Zorba, let's get into our first topic today. And this question might be, uh, maybe a lot of people listening might be wondering this exact same question. Why? You're a doctor. Why does it take so long to get a doctor's appointment these days. Well, I, got, I have to tell you something. Here, here we are. We tape in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. We've got great medical care. We've got a great university, University of Wisconsin. If any place is going to be overdoctored, it's a Midwestern town, small Midwestern town with lots of doctors around, and yet you still have trouble getting an appointment, yeah. even in our town. Yeah. It's a big it's a big issue. Have you had trouble with your kids getting an appointment? Absolutely. Kids, us, you know, grown-ups whatever, we're all it's very it's a struggle every no, time. No, no, very months, very difficult. Months and months and no, months. No, and part of this according to some recent research published in the AMA has to do with an exodus in the workforce. So if you look at it according to this paper, 45% of the physicians are 55 years of age or older. Okay. It's a huge number. Yeah. 45%. In other words, nearly half the doctors are over the age of 50. And the same for nurses. Mm. It really is the same thing. And a number of physicians retired, left the workforce during COVID. They looked at it. They looked at the electronic medical record and said, well, I don't want to do the electronic medical record. I've got to learn something different. So a number of them left there. You have hospital beds in some places that are increasing and other places that are decreasing. And basically, that is accompanied by the fact that that there is a tsunami of people over the age of 65. I'm part of that tsunami. I'm in at the beginning of the of the baby boom generation, and I am not a baby. Well, sometimes my wife does say you're a baby, but I'm really not. <laughs> does your wife ever call you a baby? No. No. <laughs> she used to. <laughs> she used to. She used to. But Early that's on. It. That's it. Wait until you're my age. She'll call you a baby again. You have to be older. But the reality is, so you've got more and more use because as you're getting older. And, and frankly, when I started medicine versus now— 
people did not live as long. If you look at it, since I became started medicine, and we're talking about 45 years ago when I was in medical school, we have gained 10 years of life from people from the age 65 and older. And when you gain those 10 years of life, you also are on more medications. You have more intense medical problems. You may stay healthy, but you have more needs. Reduction in labor force, more needs with people are older, and that has resulted in a major problem. And it's not that easy. Uh, and I want to go back just a little bit. At the end of uh, the Vietnam, before the Vietnam War, at the end of Korea, there was a doctor's draft. You probably never even heard of that. I have not, actually. So at the, uh, you know, here you had World War II. Yeah, the Korean War. They didn't have enough doctors in the army. Mm. So if you had a medical degree and you were a doctor, you got drafted. Wow. And you got drafted. And old Dr. Kellogg has since passed away, who I joined in his practice, Kellogg and Dukashine. He was in World War II as a pharmacist, got out of the war and saw, and saw something, said, I want to be a doctor, became a doctor. And then in 1953, 54, 55, he was drafted oh, wow. into the army. He joined the army in World War II, and then he was drafted. And I think at that time, he either had three or four kids, hmm. and he had to go into the army. So there was a, a great deficit in the number of physicians. And and so the federal government started funding medical schools to increase their enrollment. And they increased the enrollment. They doubled the enrollment over about a 15 or 20-year period. It takes a long time to do that. So here we have more doctors from that period of time. We have nurse practitioners. We have PAs. We are not needing the medical needs of our society, and it's a big issue. And I don't have an answer of how to get that doctor's appointment except – Always say, I'm willing to get on a waiting list, and if an appointment opens up, I'm there today, and that's what you do. So are you but, saying it's only going to get worse as these doctors and nurses age out? Right. It's only going to get worse. It wow. is not going to get better. It's not going to get better until we increase the workforce, and that is not that easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't just say, oh, let's open up 10 more spaces in medical school, PA school, or nurse practitioner school because you have to have teachers and mentors because you only want to get the high-quality medical care that we have in America today. Hmm. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Call us anytime. Leave us a voicemail. And let's go to a voicemail now. This is a listener from Eugene, Oregon. I'm an 80-year-old woman on statins. I've had a difficult time with them, but I'm still on them. I want to know what why your legs or feet tingle when you're on those statins. I take rosuvastatin three times a week and Zidia four times a week, and I have high lipoprotein, little a, and I've got to do this, even though I don't want to be on it. So if you could give me a clue as to what causes feet tingling or body tingling with statins, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Such a good question. So first of all, uh, if your feet are tingling, tingling, not muscle cramps. The tingling may not be from the statin. It may be from peripheral neuropathy. So mm. the first thing I would do if you were my patient is I would say, well, let me check you for diabetes, the most common cause of peripheral neuropathy. The other most common cause is I don't know mm. peripheral neuropathy. In other words, it just happens. And then I would try some gabapentin, or some Lyrica. These are anti-seizure drugs that work really, really well for peripheral neuropathy and see if that goes away. So that'd be the first thing. Stands often cause muscle cramps. They're very, very common. And if one, and she's taking it three days a week, right way to do it if you've got muscle cramps. But if resuvastatin does it, there may be another statin that does not do it. And I would go to pravastatin. It's in a different sort of class of statins, P-R-A-V-A-S-T-A-T-I-N. And I would try to go to pravastatin and see if that works. I would try different statins, and I would try it the way she's doing it several days a week because sometimes that helps. The other drug she's taking, Zidia, does lower cholesterol, can be useful. You can take that every day. It doesn't cause tingling or muscle cramps or anything else. And why does it cause it? It's a side effect of the drug. And statins are great drugs. If your cholesterol is super high, if you've had a heart attack, there's nothing like a statin. Try a different statin and see if that works. So do you have any heart disease in your family? Mm, I don't believe so, no. No. How old are, how old are your mom and dad? 
They're in their mid-70s. Mid-70s, they're mm-hmm. good. Now, your dad was an athlete. He was a runner, right? Yeah, he was a sprinter. Yeah, big, but uh, but he held a record, right? Come on. He sh- did. Come you on. want me to? Okay, you're let's setting Let's talk me up about your dad's My dad, record. Thomas Christensen. Yeah, go ahead. Come on. Come <laughs> he on. held the record in the 100. This is not the 100-meter dash. Uh-huh. This is back when it was the 100-yard uh-huh. dash. Right. Uh-huh. And he held the state, the Minnesota state record. For, for how many years? For a while. Over 10 years, over I believe. Over 10 years. He, had, he ran it in 10 flat in high school. Amazing. In ten flats, so he was super, super he was fast. Very fast, and I did yeah. not inherit yeah, his speed. Yeah, yeah, and he still is fast. He plays basketball. <laughs> he still right? plays basketball That's once right. a week, That's full right. like full court, five That's on right. five. But you're not as fast as he is. Definitely not. He's That's still fast. probably faster than I am at in his, his you know, mid seventies. You, yeah. you know what? You got to do a race sometimes <laughs> with your dad. I don't you know ought, if I want to race. You him. ought to do a race. Come on, dad, let's do it. You ought to do it on his birthday. Let's see, see you know, and try to actually try to beat him and see whether or not you can beat him and have your brother. In the race, yeah, because he, he inherited the, the He's genes. Fast, yes, yeah, you got to take a video of this. Come <laughs> okay. on, we got to see first, we'll second, see. and third. We'll see about that. 800 462 7413. That's 1 800 462 7413. Three. Before we take a quick break, Zorba, let's hear from your favorite nitpickers and do-gooders. This is the Grammar Police. This is actually not the Grammar Police. This is from the Calorie Police. Oh, I don't know if we've heard from them before. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. This is George. They're always behind us. Yeah, they are. (laughs) This is they got a lot of energy. This is George in Ashland, Wisconsin, who writes. (laughs) You know that is a measurement of calorie. It is. Yeah, that's right. You know that, right? right. That was not a coincidence. You were showing your education there. That's right. (laughs) Barely. Yeah, barely's okay. Barely versus not is the big issue. Please. Uh, Okay, George in Ashland, Wisconsin, writes. It seems that Dr. Zorba has maligned America's favorite unhealthy snack. I think I heard Zorba say (laughs) that drinking a can of Coke was the calorie equivalent of one and a half Snickers bars in liquid form. Labels indicate that there are 140 calories in a 12-ounce Coke and 250 calories in a Snickers bar. 210. Oh, Maybe. Yeah, so you're checking him now. Two ten. You're checking right, George. Two ten. All right. Uh, I'm not in a king size. In regular. I suppose size. Yeah, size yeah. matters. Uh, George, size always matters. Always. So George continues. I'm disappointed <laughs> that I'm not giving up as many calories as I'd hoped. So yes, we are listening to the good doctor's advice. Cheers. Well. I think, well, first of all, technically he's right. But I usually <laughs> say there are about as many calories in a can of Coke as there are in a Snickers about, bar. About, right, yeah. That's right. Because the reality is, you know, is that an 8-ounce can or a 12-ounce can or a 16-ounce can. And the point being that basically when you have soda, Coke, Mountain Dew, or even juice, you're basically the same. It's their liquid calories, right. and you would never say, "Hey, I'm going to have a you know go ahead have a subway. I'm going to have a sub, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to have a Snickers bar after the sub." And you might think, "Oh, that's overdoing it." But the reality is, you may go and go to the machine. If you go, do you ever go to Subway? Uh, it's been a while. I but used you to have a lot. been there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you though, if you get a drink, you go and you put the ice in and mm-hmm. you put the drink in, yeah. and you get a cup. And the cup huge is cup eight usually. ounces. Yeah. The cup is Even huge. the small the is, is pretty Do you ever big. take a drink out of the cup and put more drink in there? If the, if it's allowed. If it's <laughs> yeah, but what if it's they don't actually say that. But if it's a hot day, do you ever do that? We have it like a little sip and then you Oh, just like a little yeah, a little warm-up yeah, sip. Yeah, warm sure. sip and yeah. you top it off. So yep. the reality is you may be having two hundred and fifty or three hundred calories right. and you don't realize it. Sure. And that's my point. There are calories all around that you can get rid of in the environment, you know, starting with soda, but ending with salad dressing mm. that you can get rid of where you can actually drop your weight because you have hidden calories. Hmm. So take Technically, he's right, and I will be careful next time I say that. George is listening. Thank you, George. Do you want to be the one who tosses the candy bar in the swimming pool? <laughs> Join the ever-growing Wait, wait gram- a minute. I don't get it. Tosses the candy bar in the uh, swimming it's pool? It's a Caddyshack reference. Do you oh, remember that scene? I me- Bill Murray? No, I remember Caddyshack, but I don't remember that He throws scene. a baby Ruth in the swimming oh, pool <laughs> and, cl- and clears it, because oh, then okay, there's like the Jaws music okay, and this okay. candy bar oh, is floating. Sorry. sorry. No, no. Sorry. <laughs> or maybe he doesn't You've, throw it in. Someone no, else throws it in. No, I think you've watched it when you were younger and connected to it more than I did. <laughs> I think he cleans it up, and then he takes, he finds it, and everyone's watching, and he takes a bite out of it, and everyone goes, no. Of course. Okay. Do you want to be that person? Join the ever-growing Grammar Police Force. Send your grievance along in an email to... Zorba at WPR.org. 
Org. More of your calls to come, more listener emails, and we'll be slicing up tomatoes for a savory salad recipe. All that coming up on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX. Carl Christensen in the studio with Dr. Zorba Pastor. The number to call anytime is 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. But before we get back to those calls, the recipe. Right. Heir- heirloom right. tomato heirloom, salad. Heirloom tomato salad. Now, you can really do this with any tomatoes. During tomato season, we've got so many tomatoes. But how do you pick your tomatoes when you go to a store unseasonably? What do you do? What do you mean? Do I look at the Roma color? Tomato? No, no. Do you get Roma tomatoes? Oh. Do you get beefsteak tomatoes? I love. Do you get tomatoes on the vine? No, but yeah. let's say they're not available. Okay, gotcha. I mean, if it's non-seasonal, it may not be available. So let's say it's like November in Wisconsin. We're not in California now. Right. We're definitely not in California in November. Yeah. So how do you pick your tomato? I like tomatoes on the vine. Why? Maybe they taste a little better. They taste better to me too. Brad, how do we, how do you pick your tomatoes? What kind do you get when you go to the grocery store? Oh geez. oh, geez. See, he gets OGs oh, tomatoes. That's a good answer. No, but I mean, Romas, <laughs> Romas, you know, do not have uh, the pulp in the middle of it. Right. They're not as tasty. They're very good for sauce. Is that why Romas are always the cheapest of the tomatoes? No, I think they're easier to grow. Okay. That's why they're the yeah. cheapest. I think they, they grow, I mean, I've grown, at one point I had like 20 tomato bushes. I had a lot of tomatoes for mm-hmm. years. And the Romas are really good. They're easier to grow. They're just cheaper to grow. Yeah. So that's that's why they're, but they have a different taste to them because right. they, have, they don't have the same sort of sweetness of tomatoes. So pick your tomato, two or three large heirloom tomatoes. That's what we start out. Or a tomato of your choice. Cut into chunks or slices. I would do it in chunks. Third of a cup of red onion. I like red onion the way that it looks. You can use shallots. You can use a Vidalia onion. You can use a white onion. A white onion tends to have a little bit less... um, uh, it doesn't burn your eyes as much. I can't remember exactly what's sulfuric. I think it's a sulfur compound that comes out of onions that causes your eyes to blur. I can't remember what it is. I think one of our Someone will list- chime in with that. I hope so. I yeah. hope so because I can't remember. All right. A third cup red onion or shallots, That's finely right. sliced. Right. Tablespoonful. Oregano, fresh oregano is going to be best. You can now buy that in stores. Do you grow herbs in your house? No, no. Why don't you do that? Oh, we should, yeah. That's in the a good summertime. Idea. Yeah. Basil. Basil's you know what? We wonderful. do have some basil. That's the one thing. Yes, yes. But oregano, basil, chives, put like four or five things outside in the summertime. It's wonderful. Anyway, a oh. uh, tablespoon of fresh oregano or the herb of your choice, but make it fresh. Big tea, fresh oregano. That's right. Quarter cup of extra virgin olive oil. A quarter cup, high quality That's extra virgin high, olive oil. Oh, really? You got to go Do you think I quality. buy low quality no. extra virgin <laughs> olive oil, please? A uh, quarter cup of white wine vinegar. Uh, some coarse sea salt. Of course, coarse sea salt That's flakes. It. Or kosher salt, of course. Sure. Fresh black pepper, got to be fresh, not in fresh the can. Fresh black pepper. And crusty red bread. It's got to be crusty. That's right. It's got to be <laughs> It can't be Wonder Bread. You do you, have Wonder, be, Bre- do no. you have Wonder Bread in the house? It's when I was like, I don't even know if my parents got that when I was a kid. The, no, the Wonder, no, Wonder Bread. bread. Build yeah. Strong Buddy 12 ways they said. My Wonder Sorry. Bread. That's all right. Wonder I have bread. a sidebar for Wonder Bread. It's really, really short. You used to be able to. I remember in, in middle school, we would of take, course. you know, at lunchtime in the cafeteria, yeah. you can ball it yes. up and it turns into like a dough ball, basically. <laughs> so we grabbed all our sandwiches, put them all together into this dough ball. And then I can't remember which one of my friends just threw this dough ball and smacked against the cement <laughs> wall really loud. <laughs> got in I can trouble. picture that. Of course, of course you got in trouble. So getting back to the back, recipe, sorry, my- cut and arrange the tomatoes in a bowl. Add the onion, oregano, sea salt, or whatever salt, kosher salt. And then what I would do before you pour the oil and vinegar in, let it sit for about five minutes. And the reason is the salt will begin to draw out the moisture from the tomato and make the tomato 
tastes better. Mm. And if you like sweet tomatoes, add a pinch of white sugar to that, mm-hmm. and that will make it even tastier. Just a, just a pinch, not very much. Mm-hmm. Then pour the olive oil and vinegar over it. Stir it. Keep it for an hour or so to marinate it. Put it onto a nice platter. Serve it warm. Serve it cold. I would serve it cold. little crusty bread. Sit around. Nice bottle of wine. Put some nice music. Yes. You know, on Spotify or Napster. Napster. Do they still have Napster? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> hey, it's heirloom. I thought I would do heirloom all the way with Napster. Heirloom, yeah, that's an that's heirloom right. uh, Spotify, or my favorite new one, which is Apple Classical. It has the best classical. Anyway, getting back By to the By the way, you're salad. not getting paid for any of these plugs for these no, streaming services. No, I don't services. get paid anything no. for these plugs. Just Nothing letting our listeners know. I am just telling people this. I pay for all of this stuff, but I don't have Napster anymore. If you want a copy of the recipe, come to our website, zorbapastor.org. That's Zorba. Pastor.org or, of course, through Facebook. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Call us anytime and leave a voicemail. And let's go to those phones right now. This is a caller in Wichita, Kansas. Hi. Hi. How can we help? Well, I am a professional musician, and I had an injury about a year and a half ago on the fifth finger of my right hand. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in the kitchen, and I sliced it with a thin chekku knife um, immediately went to my doctor because I knew it was a deep cut. Um, She was a little (laughs) dismissive of it and just put Vaseline and a Band-Aid on it. So she she was, you went there because you were worried. You're a professional musician, and she said... Don't worry about it. Just put a Band-Aid on? Yeah. It was a little cavalier about it. I was upset about that. Uh, I'm sure you were miffed. I mean, you went there. And I thought, you know, she had looked at it, Mm -hmm. you know, enough to to analyze it. You know, it was not a deep cut. I don't know if I know it was. Mm -hmm. Um, So the wound seemed to heal, um, but the the impact place, which is right below the top knuckle of my finger, which is actually the most important finger in the penis hand, Right. Um, kind of, it was hema, turned into sort of a little hematoma mm-hmm. and stayed blue. And then, unfortunately, um, about six months ago, I was holding a little statue in my hand that was porcelain, and it broke and sliced in the same spot. Huh. Um, the same area it affected. Exactly. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, then I had some results in um, inflammation at mm-hmm. the tip of the finger, mm-hmm. um, which is not which has not gone away. And, of course, any impact, especially on keys, um, the piano keys, which wow. are, as you know, hard, um, seem to make that more painful and more inflammatory. So um, I did then go to a dermatologist on my own after my MD had said she would take a scan to see if there was a bone infection, which there was not. She put me on seven days of antibiotics, thinking it was infection, uh, we dismissed that, and then I went to a dermatologist, and she put anti-inflammatory topical on it, which, um, of course, you know, was nothing. Mm-hmm. And so then um, at that point, she sent me to an orthopedic surgeon. Oh, so, okay. So mm-hmm. the odyssey continued, and he just poked around on it and said, well, you've got some permanent nerve damage. There's nothing I can do unless I do surgery, and I may do more damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was left there with that baleful news that... I would not be able to play again. Wow. So let me let me go let me go back a step. So the sure. first injury was how long ago? About a year and a half ago. Year and a half ago. Okay. How long mm-hmm. did it take before that injury fully healed? I would say about Three months or okay, so. so so it took about so it was significant enough. That's what, just wanted to get an idea. Didn't heal in a week. Didn't heal in two weeks. It took a couple of months to heal. So that was a significant first injury. I mean, if it takes three months, roughly in that area, that means you've got quite a lot of stuff going on. Okay, now I'm going to go a little bit. I got a few more things. So when you pound the piano, I don't want to say pound, but I'm going to say pound. When you hit the piano. What's the sensation you have in your finger? Do you feel anything? I do. I feel um, I feel pain, particularly around the cuticle, the inside cuticle of my little finger, which mm-hmm. is most inflamed. Okay. Um, and how long has this been going on for now? For how many months at this point? 
for about six months. Okay, okay. I've got some, I've got some ideas for you. You've been imaged. You went to an orthopedic surgeon, went for that. So, you know, the, the fact is uh, there's no infection there. I mean, if there was an infection, chances are very, very unlikely. You know, in medicine, if we say 100%, we're going to be wrong some of the time. But chances are very unlikely there's an infection. But there has been trauma to that. And it interferes with your playing, with playing the piano, right? Exactly. Which you love to do. I would recommend, and the anti-inflammatories haven't done anything. You've taken oral anti-inflammatories like ibuprofen. You've tried that or or you haven't? I have tried all of those. I've tried everything. Mm-hmm. What dose of ibuprofen did you try? How high did you go? Um, that's a good question. Um, okay. I have two suggestions. First okay. of all, I would recommend, if this were me, you were my patient, I would say, look, there's inflammation there. First thing I'm going to try is I want you to get over-the-counter relief. I like it better because it's a 12-hour drug. I want you to take two in the morning, two in the evening, and do that for six weeks, period. See what happens. If there's inflammation, you want to get a high enough dose of naproxen. You could also take 600 milligrams of ibuprofen three times a day, but taking something three times a day is really difficult for people to do. Two a leaf, twice a day, six weeks. See what happens. That may get rid of the inflammation if there's inflammation there. That's what I would do is number one. If that fails, what I would do is I would call your doctor and say you want to try uh, you want to try a drug that really works for neuropathic pain, and you want to try Lyrica. Lyrica is pregabalin, and it's a drug that we use for neuropathic pain. The dose would be as low as 25 milligrams or as high as 150 milligrams. It's got a wide dosage range, and see whether or not that works. And you could do that on the fly. You could either take it every day or you could take it when you want to play the piano. And it's an anti, it's a drug that works for neuropathic pain because you want to get back to your game. You want to get back back to the Absolutely. piano. Mm-hmm. And I would try the anti-inflammatory or I would try Lyrica. Lyrica is not an opioid. It's uh, it's not a drug that, that causes habituation. As low as 25 milligrams or as high as 150 milligrams, play around with it and see if one of those works. That's what I would do. Get rid of the inflammation. If that fails, go to the Lyrica. Okay. Well, God bless you, and thank you so much, Doctor. You are most welcome. Thanks for your call. Thanks for sharing that, too. Really appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Call us anytime. Uh, But before we take a short break, Zorba, we always appreciate our listeners posting on the Zorba Pastor on Your Health Facebook page. So... It's time again for Facebook Feedback. Facebook Feedback. All right, Zorba. Lots of Facebook action on the page, as always, <laughs> as always, and we love that. So this is a, a Facebook feedback double shot, all right? This is two. Double shot. Double shot. Yep. Double shot. First up, we By hear- the way, for me, that means espresso. It doesn't mean cognac. It doesn't <laughs> mean cognac. Good. That's, That's right. Good. There's my double this shot. This is a healthy living That's show. Right. So, uh, yeah, first up, we're going to hear from Catherine, who asks, what are the guidelines for Prevnar 20 vaccination for an older adult who received Pneumovax 23 more than 10 years ago? Thanks for all your great advice. I appreciate your evidence-based scientific approach mixed with your honesty about unknowns and your great sense of humor. Thank you. So these are two different pneumonia vaccines. I don't have the exact answer for this because what I do when people ask me this question is I go to either what I have, something called up-to-date, Google that on Google, and it will tell you. But generally, you need to have both vaccines. If you've had the older vaccine, you need the newer vaccine. And if you have the newer vaccine, you may or may not need the older vaccine. And they're very specific recommendations based on age and also based on medical problems. So you you do that question, you Google CDC, recommend you do CDC recommendations, the name of the vaccine, it'll pop up. And the CDC and the FDA are awesome in what they actually produce that are easy to do it. The other thing is use my chart with your doctor to write a note, and they will also, once again, look it up. And that's what I always do when it comes to vaccines. I check the website. I mm-hmm. don't check my brain. And the reason is they change the There you go. That's what she's talking about, your honesty about the unknowns. And right. there it is right, right. there. The that's unknowns. Great. There are a lot of unknowns. There are. Life is that's full right. of them. That's right. That's right. Twilight Zone, a lot of unknowns. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Will- Star Trek, a lot of unknowns, oh, yeah. too. <laughs> 
Isn't that part of what they said? They went to places unknown. No, maybe they didn't say that in the first oh, Star Trek. What is that? I'm blanking remember. on that. Someone yeah, will let us know. Right. Hopefully, somebody will let us there's, know. Star I heard Trek. there's a lot of Star I can, Trek. Fans I can hear out the there. music. Oh yeah, Star Trek. We're talking about the early Star Trek, the earliest Star Trek with Leonard Nimroy. You know, Doctor. <laughs> Did you almost say That's Leonard right. Nimrod? Yeah. No, like Nimroy. <laughs> Nimroy. I don't is think it Nemo? I think it's Nemo. Did I say Nemo? It's Nemo. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> Although I like Leonard Nimrod. That's great. You uh, know what? I mean, when you have dyslexia, it just travels through anything. You like that whole thing, don't that you? That really cracks me You're not me a up. Trekkie, though. Are you a Trekkie? I'm not. No, I haven't seen much. Oh, I've seen God. some of the movies. Oh, I like gosh. it. I don't no, dislike no, it at all. We're talking about the early ones. I've been we're meaning talking about the to ones in the it. 60s, the ones yeah, that right. really mattered. The early ones. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Uh, finally, William in Texas asks... Beam me up, Scotty. Are, the whole thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> are gummy vitamins just as good as vitamins in pill form? 100%. Same stuff. If it says 100%, they're gummy vitamins, they work just as well. Just look in the bottle and see what the dose is. It may be two gummies, it may be one gummy, but the answer is yes. They manufacture them, they put them in, they are just as good. Right. All right. You is don't that, have to swallow, you can chew. There you go. As I, but brush your teeth, right? Because that stuff really gets stuck in there sometimes. Well, I don't brush my after I chew a gummy. Well, I you mean, mean like every time? Just you that brush night. Your teeth? At night, of course. <laughs> Twice a day, brushing <laughs> teeth. General you brush dental your teeth advice after here. After you chew gum, <laughs> brush how about your dentine teeth. gum? Do they still make dentine? gum? I haven't gum? seen dentine in a while. I wonder if they still make it. Brad, did you ever eat dentine gum? Yeah, Brad's the dentine chew? expert. No, what? that's the answer. See, Brad always knows. With And not only that, he said it forcefully, so he knows the answer. <laughs> all right. As, al- as always, thanks for all the Facebook comments. And if you have a healthy living question for the good doc, just post on our Facebook page, or you can just send us an old-fashioned email at Zorba at WPR.org. More of your calls, more of your emails, and we'll dig into another interesting healthy living topic. All that coming up on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. From PRX. Carl Christensen in the studio with Dr. Zorba Pastor. 800-462-7413 is the number to call anytime. That's 800-462-7413. But before we get back to those calls, Zorba, new study. We talk about screen times. We do. We talk about screen time on the show. But there's just just a pile on here. There's more new research here about how the hazards of screen time, especially with babies. Yeah. So, I mean, when when our kids grew up, which is a long time ago, we did, when we were making dinner, put them in front of the TV set while we want to get things done. But that's really the issue. And your kids, undoubtedly, I mean, they're older now, Mm -hmm. but they were younger, you would do it. But there is an issue, especially with childhood development. So this particular study looked at one-year-olds who were exposed to more than four hours of screen time a day. Now think about that. Four hours is a lot of time a good amount of to time. put a one-year-old in front of a screen. And what they discovered was that if they had screen time, you know, essentially four hours of screen time, they showed delayed development of fine motor skills, hmm. interactive skills, and personal skills. And these delays appeared to dissipate by the time they were four, but we don't really know if they have ongoing issues. What do you think's going on here? Uh, I don't know. I think it's a complicated issue. I mean, well, it is. But when you're in screen time, what are you not doing with your child? Well, you're not interacting with That's them. That's right. At all. You are not interacting with it. So it's not that screen time per se is bad, it's not interacting. So if you're sitting with your child and you're looking at a screen and you're pointing things out on a screen and saying, look at this, which is hard to you know, do with a one year old, it's one thing. It's the interaction with children that produces intelligence mm. overall. So, I mean, they looked at the fact that the developmental delays seemed to dissipate by the time they were four, but they didn't look at the long time issues. Uh, and the long-term issues, which is whether or not interacting with your child produces more brain power. And the answer is it does. Studies have shown that interaction with your child is the most important you can do thing you can do to actually develop with it. And this was a good study. These are 8,000 young kids. They looked at over time. And if they could perceive a difference in development, that means there's a lot going on. So what do you think the answer is here? Less screen time? 
more time. More interaction. That's right, more <laughs> interaction. But that's kind of both sides of the coin. Right. Less screen time. So it turns out the people who attended to have more, who put their kids in more screen time, they were mothers and fathers who were younger, Mm-hmm. Your mothers and father with a lower economic level. There were mothers and father who had a lower educational level. And so you looked at it, and it turned out it was the parents who were poor, had less education, less money, who actually put their kids in front of the screen more. And the people who actually had more money, wealthier, and more education spent less time with their kids. Because they have more time to be with their kids. They have more time That's to be with That's why this is such a complicated issue. Correct. So the bottom line is it's very important to really interact especially in that first year of life, mm-hmm. when, frankly, your kids don't give as much back in terms of the interaction, certainly not the first 12 weeks. You know, that first smile is like, my goodness, mm-hmm. there's somebody in there. I mean, we all know. I mean, I remember what it was like with my kids. But, I mean, it's that interaction that really counts for brain development, and that's the important take-home from the study. Less screen time, more interaction. 800-462-7413. That's one 800 462 Seven four one three. Let's go to a voicemail now. This is a listener from Greendale, Wisconsin. I had a question about low iron. I'm trying to donate blood, and four times I've been turned aside. What can I do about that, Dr. Zorba? Thank you. Well, first of all, if you're turned down for low iron, you know, the Red Cross says very specific times that they will draw blood and not draw blood. So the answer is try a different form of iron. You can try, you know, you can try iron citrate. Go to go to the pharmacist. Go to your local drugstore. Say I have low iron. Which iron recommendation would you have? Now, for some people, they can build up their iron orally, and for others, for a whole bunch of reasons, it doesn't work. And sometimes taking iron with vitamin C can make a difference in the absorption, and that's what you have to do. Talk to your pharmacist. Try a different kind of iron, see if it makes a difference. You know, if it's too low, we give iron injections. Nobody is going to do that. They're very expensive Hmm. for somebody who just wants to build up their iron for enough uh, to donate blood. And by the way, it's really nice that people do that and they want to donate their blood and they keep on going back because the blood supply has to be kept up and it's only through volunteers. Good advice. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, Zorba, time for you to unsheath your medical machete, slash through the clickbait, and take on the (laughs) almighty internet. We call this segment Google Doc. All right, the following message comes from an anonymous listener who writes, Hello, Dr. Zorba. I have a question concerning hair dye. I read that many of the ingredients are carcinogens and therefore unhealthy. I know many women who use box hair dye, and this would be alarming. Can you please clarify this? Thank you kindly, and keep up the hearty laughter. <laughs> well, this is an ongoing issue. It's mm-hmm. not just it's not just hair dyed over the counter in a box. It's also hair dyed with you beauticians. And right. periodically, stuff comes up and says, "Well, this may be carcinogenic, and you shouldn't get it." And then other studies show, "Well, we're really not sure." You know, uh, you know, part of the problems are people are worried about cancer. Mm-hmm. I mean, they worry about cancer, and meanwhile, the most common cause of death, premature death, is heart disease. It's okay. not cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, maybe you're worried about dyeing your hair, but the reality is you should be worried about your cholesterol and other things to keep your your heart disease away. So I'm not that concerned about hair dye. There are things that you're going to see about it that are used in hair dye. I can't remember exactly what the chemicals are, but there are things, and it has to do with what you get by a, a beautician and then what you get in there. I think if you're getting your hair dyed, certainly professionally, talk to your beautician and say, what are the risks? Mm-hmm. Look it up, make a decision. Right. If you're getting hair dye in the box, look it up, make a decision. This is one of those things where you decide what you're going to do with your life. And there are many risks that we take. We get in a car, we want to risk. And I want to give a little side with this. I know people who don't ride bikes anymore because I'm at an age they're worried they're going to hit their head and they're going to get a subdural hematoma and die. Mm-hmm. And my Aunt Myrtle died of a subdural hematoma on the way to the mailbox. She slipped and fell mm. on a sunny day hit her head, 87 years old, and died. Does that mean we don't go to the mailbox? No. It means we take a risk when we do things. Hair dye, same thing. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. 
Call us anytime. Leave us a voicemail. And speaking of voicemails, uh, we get a lot of health tips. We love it when people call in and and leave health tips. Send them in, folks. Send them in. So we're going to hear a couple different voicemails of health tips. The first one is a caller from Branson, Missouri, and they're talking about— Branson. Branson, yeah. Have you been there? I think I've driven through Branson, but I've always wanted to go there and kind just kind of take play- in some of the. Yeah. Like I heard Yakov yeah, Smirnoff yeah, right, has a yeah. show there. Yeah, there I'd be way into that. I've never go- Brad, you've been to Branson? <laughs> Same as been through Branson. Been you know, through it. Way, how, Maybe wait, stop for gas. Wait a second. Like when were you jerky? doing when you went through? Was it like on the way to a gig? I think when we you were, were playing music. I bet it was maybe on tour we went through on Branson tour. at some point maybe. On tour. Went through Branson. Through it. Just, through Branson. Yep. Going to where? Breezed right so through like it. So like Mississippi? No, we didn't play Mississippi. We uh-huh. played Georgia, uh-huh. North, Carolina, North Carolina, down Carolina, Tennessee. Yeah, I got to play some of your stuff on the show. Come on, I got to have some of that music on the show. Okay. Okay. I'm writing that yeah, down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right. Let's get to our first tip here. This is uh, this caller's talking about their remedy for tinnitus, and mm-hmm. it involves bay leaves. Mm-hmm. Here's Branson, Missouri. But if you take bay leaves, put them in your soups and stews and things like that, and when you're ready to eat, pull the bay leaf out, pop it in your mouth, crunch on it, but do not swallow it. Spit out the excess fiber. Huh. In doing that, I have found that my hearing not only improves day by day, it really helps out all the way around. Thank you so much for your program. Love it. I no. love it. It's a folk remedy. Zorba, you have tinnitus, it's a folk right? I do. You've, you've had I mean, I, I'm going to have to try it. You give it you a know, shot? Tinnitus, 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 it's pronounced both ways, right. is very bothersome for some people. Very bothersome. Sometimes it bothers you when I think about it, like right now. It, it kicks pops in, in, does it? Absolutely pops into the front. And you know what? I'm going to try the bay leaf remedy and see whether or not that works. Thank you much. Great folk remedy. Worth trying. Zero downside. No downside by doing that. Yeah. No. What can go wrong yeah. with bay leaves? Right. No side right. effects there. Right. I know, you know, people... People are going to write in and say, wait, my aunt choked on a bay leaf, and that's how she died. But for the most part, there's nothing wrong with bay leaves. Okay. I know. We'll have the, we'll have the spice police on. We We've go. never had the spice police kick in, have we? I, I feel like I remember a spice police yeah, segment, you know, maybe. Quiet. It was years they're ago, quiet. I feel like. They are. They just they're, sit there. They, they pick their battles. They, they, they pick they their do. battles. That's Very right. Very discerning. That's right. They know their spices. They pick their battles. <laughs> come on, spice police. Cha- Bring it on, on, spice police. Bring it on. That's right. 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 Bring it on. All right. Here's another health tip. This is Oklahoma. Where do bay leaves come from? Any? I guess. The bay. They, the, no, they're out they in the bay. Not they're not from the bay? They're not. They're, they're, from not. A, they're from a, I don't know if they're from a tree or a bush. <laughs> I don't think they're from the bay. You know, the bay is San Francisco. I don't think they're from I was thinking Whitefish Bay because it's, I'm trying See, to keep things local. See, and I think it's local. San Francisco. Okay. I think it's San Francisco. Nobody in California thinks of Whitefish Bay unless they're from Wisconsin, right? Right. (laughs) We'll leave that right there. All right. We are going to go to Oklahoma City. Hello, Dr. Zorbum. I just wanted to let you know, I can tell you definitely plain white vinegar, soaking your feet in it for nail fungus, definitely 100% works. Well, that's interesting. That's a folk remedy. I've never tried. Well, I've never tried that. Uh, definitely worth trying. Mm-hmm. May, it may be a folk remedy that we just, I don't know about. I haven't heard about that. What's the downside? There's no downside. The smell. Well, you smell like e- vinegar smells like dirty socks to me anyways. Really? Is it, oh, I, I don't think it smells like no? vinegar. You know what vinegar reminds me of? What? Easter eggs. Oh, sure, yeah. But but the reality is white vinegar is incredibly cheap. Go to the store, mm-hmm. try some white vinegar, see what it is, soak it, and see whether or not it works. You know, I mean, if it works, hey. And it may work for some forms. I have never heard about that. Great tip. If you've got nail fungus, try the white vinegar treatment. Very good. Very good. But don't use the vinegar in anything else after you soak your right. feet in yeah. it. You don't want to do that. No, you don't want to no. do that. You want to throw it, throw it away. Toss the vinegar. That's right. <laughs> That's right. 800? Good tip, Carl. Good tip. Excellent tip. <laughs> That's all Excellent. I'm here. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, before we head out today, Zorba, let's pry open the always overstuffed Zorba Pastor on Your Health inbox and take an email from a listener power couple. This is Dave and Katie in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Dave and Katie write, Greetings, Dr. Zorba, Tom, Carl, and the whole team. My wife and I listen to your show together, and we absolutely love it. 
great. We have just the best time listening in together. Many, many thanks to all of you for sharing what you do with all of us. Oh, we adore you nice. for it. That is oh, very that is kind. so thoughtful. It very really, nice. it really is. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really, really, anytime somebody writes to us and really appreciates it, it really is the thing that really drives us to do what we're doing, which is to really try to educate people on important medical problems that make a difference. And so that is very thoughtful. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank there's you. there's more. There's more from oh, there's Dave more. and Katie in oh, Oklahoma City. Okay. They write, now to the problem at hand, mm-hmm. or rather at ear. We are <laughs> okay. hoping that you have a good tip for at-home earworm removal. You know the ones. Not to be confused with earwigs, earworms are those troublesome snippets of music that bounce around oh, right. repeatedly right. in your head That's and right. won't go away. That's right. That's right. Earworms. I know those. That's right. Earworms. <laughs> they, That's go, right. they go on. Not to point any fingers, yep. but someone has caused both of us to be walking around singing, oh, we're never going to survive unless we get a little caprese. <laughs> Does that ring a bell at all, Zorba? <laughs> Uh, this is. Uh, it does not. They can. T- I'll just keep going here. <laughs> yeah, they, go ahead. They, uh, they end their email with a whole carnival of puns here. <laughs> What's tomato with us is basically your fault. <laughs> Please forgive us for getting fresh, but we could really use some help here. So I'll play the clip real quick. This is a this is a thing I put together a while ago because we were talking about the pronunciation right. of capri. Yeah, you were it. saying That's capri right. salad. Oh, I do. Right. Capri that say. I do remember. Okay. There was a little ahead. clip, Brad. You Okay. want to play it just what they're talking about yeah, here? Let's do it. I don't know if that ever should have been played again, actually. <laughs> but it's been played again. It's That's in their exactly. head, apparently, still. It's in their head. Yeah. You know, I can't get earworms out of my head. And you know yeah. what I've discovered? When I play, for me, if mm-hmm. I play it over and over and over and over again, that's when I did it. So when it was, when LPs, remember the records, LPs? Oh, sure. Today, Love them. You know, when they were expensive mm-hmm. and you had played the same song over and over again, for me, that's what caused the earworm. How about for you? Well, I've I've have tons of earworms all the time, mm-hmm. every day mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. someone recently told me yeah. the way to get rid of I'd never heard this before, way to get rid of them yeah. is to sit down and play the song, just listen to the yeah. whole thing all yeah. the way through. Yeah. And, then and they told me it's because your brain's trying to complete the song. Really? Which really? I was just so fascinating to me. I've never heard it. Did I no, I haven't tried it since <laughs> yeah. I heard yeah, well, that. But hey, next time it happens. Hey, no, no. I want our listeners to try that with the earworms <laughs> and please chime in whether or not that worked for you. Write to Zorba at WPR.org, WPR.org, or throw, of course, through Facebook. 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 Is that an earworm? It's an earworm. <laughs> okay. It's an earworm. I don't know that song. <laughs> it's an earworm. All right. Will you come back and do this again? Will you do this Absolutely. again next week? Absolutely. Okay. Next week. That sounds next great. Week. If you miss next anything week. during the next show <laughs> or you just want to stream the show, that's an earworm, or you want to stream the show online anytime, visit us on the web. At ZorbaPastor.org or, of course, through Facebook. And don't forget, you can call us anytime to leave us your question at 800-462-7413. Zorba Pastor On Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It is not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Do check. Our executive producer is me, Carl Christensen. Our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. He's right over there playing clips. Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidron. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Carl Christensen asking you to join us on the next Zorba Zorba Pastor Pastor On Your your health. Health. Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's healthy living articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's ZorbaPastor.org.